was to say right off the butt because I can't think about that idiot. Uh, it's bat. Right, right off, off the, the bat. bat. <laughs> You're just one vowel off. Your mom writes books. Listen. This is your mom writes books. <laughs> I'm Caitlin McFarland. I'm Charlie and Holmberg. And we're writers who write books. And in love. What? <laughs> we write books and we talk about them sometimes. Thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah. So we're here to chat with you about some writing things, some publishing things. Today's a publishing thing. We're money, gonna- money, money. <laughs> money. Yeah, we're going to talk about kind of the realities, I guess, of making money as an author and how you make money at writing books and, yeah, how that whole thing works. Yes, I'm writing notes. So let's just get started with this. Yeah, you go, Charlie. Caitlin and I are both technically traditionally published authors. I am kind of like I have a toe in hybrid, though I do intend to go more hybrid, meaning that I would be traditionally published and indie published or self-published uh mutually but we're going to talk about traditionally published stuff first so if you ever wonder how a writer makes money and how much money a writer actually has stay tuned because this is about to get exciting (laughs) the answer is no none (laughs) yeah we'll just tell you guys right now that the average writer makes less than a thousand dollars a year i'm sorry for those of you who don't math that is below the poverty level (laughs) So most of us have to have um, a second job or a rich husband or a husband that's not so rich but pays the bill. Yes, that's what I have. (laughs) My husband doesn't work. (laughs) No, Charlie pays. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of actually kind of a good jumping off point. Uh, Charlie is one of the one of the few people who actually does make money, like a living amount of money as an author because she's the best. I've been very fortunate. Yes. And my situation is one where I actually have, I make money through an Etsy shop. (laughs) So that's my job. And then my husband works and that's how we support ourselves. Uh, When I write short stories for Deep Magic, which I do sometimes, I then get that amount of money, which is I think Deep Magic. 600? Yeah, Deep Magic is about 600. It just depends on how long it is. Mm -hmm. When you write short stories, they pay you by the word, which maybe we should also address. So I think, so I think professional by the word is six cents a word. Though I think that SIFWA, which is the Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers of America, recently changed it to eight cents a word. Oh, yeah, eight cents. Eight cents sounds familiar. Well, listen, this is what people do. So they'll say they'll pay you six cents a word for the first 10,000 words. If you write more than that, they don't pay you for it. So when they change it to eight cents a word, they just say, okay, we'll pay you eight cents a word for the first 8,000 words. And then after that. So it's the exact same. Yeah. Yeah. If you want, you know. That is what happens. politics. Yeah. Anyway, so let's start from the beginning. Once upon a time, there's a person who sold a book. That is required for traditional publishing. You have to sell a book. Usually you have to have a literary agent if you're going with a smaller press. That is not always required. Um, Generally, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, this is traditional publishing, too. Self-publishing is a whole different 
thing. Yeah, I said it was traditional publishing. Listen, Charlie, I'm Googling <laughs> professional rates for short stories. You guys- I'm not listening. <laughs> You're fine. No, so usually have an agent. Agent sells your book to a publisher, and what they sell it for is your advance. So when you are a writer, you get paid ahead of time for your book. Usually, I think standard is in three increments. Mine is in two. So generally speaking, let's say that you sell your book for $10,000. So you get a third of that when you sign your contract. You get a third of that when you turn in your book and you get a third of it when your book publishes. Right. Oh, and we should say too, I, what's the, isn't the average advance like 5000 or? Something like that. And also we should say, this is if you get an advance. I didn't get an advance at all for my books. A lot of small publishers that publish ebook only or ebook first. Digital first, yeah. Digital first. That's, yep, that's the term. Yeah, they don't give advances. Yeah, the higher the advance, usually the better uh, your marketing is going to be, the more serious your publisher is going to take you. But it also uh, means it's going to take you longer to earn royalties. And if you don't earn out, that's scary, but I will get to that. Yeah. So we're going to say we get a $10,000 advance because those are easy numbers. You write your book, you turn in your book, you get one third of that. And note that I would say on average, it takes about two years from selling a book to the book releasing, depending on the speed of your publisher. So both me and uh, Caitlin's publishers are fast. We Mm -hmm. didn't have to wait quite that long. Mine, I'd say the turnaround is usually one to year to 18 months. Yeah, mine was about a year. So if you're over, if it takes more than a year for your book to get published, you did not even make $10,000 that year. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's in the life of the book. So you turn your book in, you get paid. Well, you sign the contract, you get paid. You turn your book in, you get paid. You go through all the editing process, copy edits, all the cover, everything. When your book finally releases, you get the rest of your advance. Now, at that point, your book will start to earn royalties. And what your royalty percentage changes depending on your publisher and on your contract. So I think the average for most traditional publishers is you get between 8 and 10% of a paperback. So when you buy, say, a $10 paperback novel, the author is receiving 6 to 8% of that price that you paid. So they don't make a ton off of it. Sometimes it's lower. 5%. Sometimes, yeah, it's like 6 It depends. Yeah. Um, hardcovers, I think, are a little bit more ebooks. I think the standard on ebooks is usually between 15 and 25%. So once your little, like, we'll say 10%, your little 10% royalty, once your royalties equal $10,000, then you actually get to start receiving royalties because the publisher is going to make back their money before they start giving you anything else. Right. So you have to, yeah, that's called earning out your advance. You have to earn Mm -hmm. out your advance, which means you have to make the publisher just as much money as they spent on you, and then they'll start to pay you. Yes. And some authors, especially when you get really big advances, don't earn out their advance. And that can hurt your ability to sell future books with that publisher because they think that you're not worth the money. That doesn't always happen. I know people who haven't earned out who are still doing well. Yeah, I think a lot of midlisters will tend to not quite earn out or just about earn out. and mm-hmm. But then they'll keep because they're solid enough sellers, they'll keep yeah. selling books. So I know a lot of authors want really big advances because they need that money ahead of time to, to pay for everything. I personally prefer smaller advances because I want to get my royalties sooner. So Amazon, APUB, 
gives out royalties every month, which is really, really rare for a traditional publisher. Most traditional publishers pay royalties every six months. Yes. So I was actually surprised when you said you get yours every three. Yeah, I get mine every three. So that's the other, that is the thing about those, I think those digital first publishers, I do think that a lot of them are going with, I'm doing air quotes, newer business models where they pay their authors more often. Mm-hmm. So. You can imagine like people who are used to getting paychecks every two weeks for a standard job. Now you have to wait every six months. Yes. So you have to be real business savvy, real financially savvy to make that work. Yes. So that's tricky. Yeah. So there you go. Then you get royalties in perpetuity on that book and advances and royalties are minus whatever percentage your literary agent takes. The standard is 15%. Yeah. So if I make ten thousand dollars in royalties 15 percent of that which i'm not gonna math right now what fifteen hundred dollars yes dork dork shush fifteen hundred dollars <laughs> of that would go to my agent so i actually would make um eighty five hundred dollars of that i majored in english not math yeah so that's <laughs> that's the thing too is that you get your royalties which is a tiny sliver of the total being earned on the book or paid for the book at retail price which makes sense because publishers do pay for they cover all the costs, which is why authors get such a small percentage. We are really not putting forward much of any financial risk when you're when we're traditionally published, which is mm-hmm. which is kind of you know why the publisher gets that huge percentage of money. But then what we what we then have to pay our agents out of what we have earned. So really, yeah, you're bringing home. Uh, you know, if you're selling a book for like ten bucks, you might be bringing home like you know, 45 cents per copy or something like that. It's really, (laughs) and that's not even talking about when your publisher withholds, what is it, withholding against returns or something where they will then Mm -hmm. hold back part of the royalties that you earn. In case bookstores return something. Yes, in case bookstores have big old returns, they order a big order, your book doesn't sell, they can then return that to the publisher and then the publisher will take that out of your money. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's a great system. Yeah, you guys, being an author, a lot of people, I think it's so hilarious when I see shows where authors are like rock stars and they're so rich. You have about as much chance of becoming a wealthy author as you do becoming a wealthy rock star, like literally. I have so many people, even I who am not really famous or out in the world a ton, I have people approach me sometimes like, I'm going to I'm going to write a book now and I'm like, "Oh, really?" And they're like, "Yeah, and I'm just going to write it and if it makes money, then it makes money." And I every single time I say it's not going to make money. <laughs> and they like they're like, "Okay, but if it does, it does." You guys, it's not going to make money. <laughs> yeah. So, honestly, 85% of a successful book is marketing. It's not even how good the book is. It's oh, marketing. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and that's not even taking into account genre and but Yeah. Mhm. And all of these different things, because depending on what you write to is, is just going to just massively impact what you can expect to sell. What a, what a success, like a successful romance author is going to sell so many more copies of their book than say a successful, a successful fantasy sci-fi. author yeah. or sci-fi author. And a successful sci-fi. fantasy author would sell more than a successful sci-fi author. So yes. even within genres, because fantasy and sci-fi are both kind of together as speculative fiction. It just depends on what you write. So yeah. So speaking of romance, let's talk about indie. So indie publishing, obviously, you don't have an advance, you are taking all the expenses yourself. Right. Okay. And I always say one of the biggest problems I see with indie publishing is when somebody doesn't make those expenses. 
Mm-hmm. You know how, like, you see a book and you know it's indie published because of the cover? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Because, you ha- like, you have to spend money to make money in indie mm-hmm. publishing. Yes. So you have to hire your own editor. You have to pay your own cover designer. You have to pay your own formatter to make the ebook work. And, and it's always going to be ebooks. A lot of them will get paperbacks and audiobooks made too. But yeah. some indie authors, they just focus on ebooks. And a lot of them just focus on Amazon. I mean, mm-hmm. you can go wide. You can go on Kobo and iBooks and stuff like that. But Amazon is the big head honcho. And again, these indie authors will be getting a paycheck every month. But they make, I don't know the exact percentages, they make closer to 75 80% I think of their it's book. 70%. I think Is it 70? Last I heard I think it was your publishing platform so it would be Amazon if you were publishing on Amazon takes 30% and then you get 70. And that may okay. just be Amazon. Other platforms may actually have different numbers. Yeah. So you might have a regular traditionally published author, they're getting 15% of their ebook, then you have an APUB author who might be getting 35% of their ebook and then you have an indie author who is getting 70% of their ebook. Right. But a lot of that money has to go back into marketing because if you don't market your book, it will be lost in the sea of novels. <laughs> yeah, you guys, there's something like 100,000 or 300,000 or some books published per year. Something insane like that. Mm-hmm. And so when you are self-publishing, a huge thing that you don't that you may not realize is that you are combating so many other people just to be it's something that we call discoverability. So if people can't discover your book, if they can't find it, they can't read it and they can't pay you. <laughs> so yeah. you, when you invest in yourself as an indie author, when you invest in that really nice cover, when you invest in really good editing, mostly the cover, it, you know, and then if, <laughs> if you have good editing, you'll, you'll, re- you'll have good re- reader retention, right? Because yeah. your book will be better. But yeah, if you, if you do that and you do the marketing, you do like book bubs and things like that you're way more likely to have people be able to find you and that is how you make money. So you have mm-hmm. to put money in to make money when you're indie. Yeah. Whereas traditionally publishing, you don't put any of your own money in. Yes, correct. So so you can make more as an indie author, but it is harder to make money. Right. Well, you can make more. Yeah, you definitely make a higher percentage, but whether you're making more overall. the other Because with when it comes to traditional publishers, something they also have that indie authors don't have is distribution. Mm-hmm. So your book, yes. you go through a traditional publisher, you're with, say, uh, Fywell and Friends or whatever, that's Trisha's, Trisha Levenseller's publisher. And so she, you know, she's automatically in Barnes & Noble across the country on the YA shelf right there in front of everybody. Her book is seen mm-hmm. and she's way more likely to be picked up. Whereas if you are an indie author, you just put your book on Amazon. People aren't just going to randomly see your book. Amazon just Amazon doesn't have shelves, right? So if you you know learn the system and you learn how to you learn the search algorithms and you learn how to kind of title things, mm-hmm. you'll you'll be easier to find too. So yeah, putting your book in Kindle Unlimited makes you easier to search. Mm-hmm. Putting your book in really like specific because they don't have shelves, but they have categories that you can put your book into. Right. Which helps a lot, too. Right. But, yeah, it's really hard, really hard as an indie author to get into bookstores. I am an APUB, Amazon Publishing author, and I have a hard time getting into bookstores, too. Right. So. And also, I don't, I mean, in case you missed the first episode, the difference is that Charlie, so Amazon has traditional publishing. Amazon is actually a traditional publisher as well as 
uh, allowing people to... An indie marketplace. Yeah, an indie marketplace. So Charlie is actually, she is she has an agent. She sold her book to a pub- to an editor at 47 North, which is a traditional publisher at Amazon. So when she talks yes. about APUB... She's it's it is traditional publishing. She's in a completely uh, it's a it's a completely different category than than indie publishing with Amazon, mm-hmm. which sometimes people get confused about still. So, yeah, yeah it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, people ask me a lot, like, what's your what's your advice for indie publishing? I'm like, I'll let you know when I do it, because like I do intend to do it. And I do like that. The, there used to be such a stigma about self-publishing. It's like, oh, right. if you self-publish, you're garbage. Well, like, it's because it's garbage. Yeah, it was this idea that if you self-publish, you couldn't make it past the gatekeepers of agents yeah. and editors. Mm-hmm. And and that's not true anymore. No, it's not. And so I don't know if I could do it right off the bat. But <laughs> because like I have a readership now, I feel like if I went into self-publishing, that it would go much smoother for me than it would if I had my debut novel coming out as an indie novel. Right. And that is that is something that's true because publishers, traditional publishers have that distribution and that, that marketing reach. It is easier if you want to go hybrid. The easiest way to do it, I have been told, because I am also not hybrid or indie, is to do that, get that big push from your first book and get that distribution, use that publisher and then self-publish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we could go into like how to market as an indie and how to market as a traditional publisher. Your your uh, ability to market yourself is definitely limited if you're with a traditional publisher because you have to be able to control the price of your book. And if you don't own it, then you can't. Right. But I feel like that's another episode talking about all of that. Yeah, for sure. Let's see. What else do we want people to know? Oh, should we talk about we did oh I did Google the professional rates for short stories. It is eight cents a word now, as of mm-hmm. two thousand nineteen. So if you are looking to publish and we talk about how to publish short stories I and like that you didn't believe me. <laughs> no, I believed you. I just you said that you were acting like you didn't know. Fine. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> so I have published so Charlie sits on the board for Deep Magic Easy, which is a clean fantasy magazine that publishes short stories. And I, and when she has some short stories published there, and I've published one short story and one novella with them, and they do professional rates, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're professional rates. Oh, and professional rate, I, I assume this is the professional rate for a reprint. So if you've published elsewhere, but then you're giving us the rights to it, it's two cents a word. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Fancy. Yeah, so if you are somebody who is looking to kind of get your feet wet in the short story market, you should be looking at literary magazines. There are a lot of literary magazines out there that are really good that pay professional rates. Yeah, just go go forth. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I have anything else really to say about short stories because it's not really what I feel like is the focus of my career. Yeah, people used to say that you should start in short stories before you get into novels, but I don't think that's true. No, it's that's old uh, advice. Yeah, it's something that I kind of do on the side, and my short mm-hmm. stories always end up <laughs> practically turning into novels. Little baby novels. Yeah. So I'm not, I don't consider myself a short story writer. I think short story writers, that's a whole different skill set that I respect a lot because it's, you're doing something completely different with a short story than you are with a novel. Yeah. Other, I know the other ways some authors will supplement their income, like, yeah, they do short stories on the side. A lot of them will offer editing services. Mm. So if you want like your manuscript evaluated or something, you can pay your favorite author to read it for you and they help you with your plot devices. Right. Um, I will put in this caveat that comes up every time I see a new author offer editing services. 
If they are offering to just manuscript evaluate, great. Mm-hmm. If they're offering to copy edit or proofread for you, they need to be well-versed in the Chicago Manual of Style. Like, they could have really good grammar, but if they don't actually have, like, that knowledge in their head, I would never pay them to copy edit my novel. Oh, yeah. And this is probably a teaser for a future episode where we'll talk more in depth about the professional editing process, but... There are multiple steps. Uh, something that, you know, those people who come up to me and they're like, I'm going to publish now. And they, what people think, but I've found that a lot of people think they need, people who are, who haven't been in the industry, is they think that they just write the book and they take it to get proofread and then they publish it. That's not how editing works. You mm-hmm. have levels of edits. You have a developmental edit. You have line edits. You know, I'll, like I said, we'll talk about it more in depth, but copy edits, proofreads, cold reads. <laughs> yeah. And so what you, what was the point of that, Charlie? I don't know. I have no idea what your point was. Gosh, dang it. Oh, yeah. So just to back up what Charlie said, a good author or a good, you know, editor who hasn't gotten a degree in editing, they can give you decent structural or developmental edits, maybe even a, an okay line edit to help you with your prose. But don't trust any random author with grammatical proofreading or copy edits. That is for... That is for editors to do, not authors. We are bad at it, which is also why the typos are not our fault. Excuse me. I worked (laughs) as an editor. Even though saying that, I still wouldn't hire myself out to do that just because I have not read Chicago for such a long time and they update it every year and I would have to... Yeah, you're myself. also you're not any random author nerd. You have uh don't you have a um, editing minor? So you don't count yes. in that category of people that I just named. No, that's what I'm saying is that yeah, fall well, fine. Yeah. <laughs> I worked as an editor. I have an editing minor. If you listen to our first episode, it's the only thing that got me a job. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I I know another thing you can do. I would never bank on this unless you actually get hired full time, but you can also teach as an author. So you can teach at conferences. Not all conferences will pay. Right. Some will pay you to teach, especially if you do anything for the government. Like if a, if like a library invites you to come to a panel or a reading, they will pay you, which is really nice. Tax, taxpayer money going into your pockets. Yeah. Um, I know some teachers, um, some authors uh, teach at universities. I know Trisha Levenseller just did a week-long thing somewhere in the South. It was in Missouri, I think. <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember which school, though. I know that uh, Maria Snyder teaches at a university. I don't think she has to, but she ch- does. Brandon yeah. Sanderson, who definitely doesn't need to, he always teaches a class at BYU on writing mm-hmm. every winter semester. Yeah. And the kind of the catch-22 of that, though, is... Master's degree? <laughs> no, no, no. Well, if you're going to teach at a university level, I'm just talking about conferences, because I've taught at conferences, but what you're going to find is that even when you are published conferences aren't going to like you can jump into the pool of people who are pitching classes and applying to be teachers but conferences aren't going to be that excited about you unless you're already a famous author and if you're a famous author you're probably already making enough money not to teach so don't count on that as like a side hustle but it's just like extra change yeah pretty much you can get a job like a higher job yeah exactly so, I mean, are there, what other ways, are there any other ways to make money as a writer, Charlie? Getting I- an actual job. <laughs> so this is what I tell everybody. No, bite your tongue. 
No, but that's true, though. You have to have an actual job. So, like, writing was always what I wanted to do, but I knew I had to have a plan B. And if you watch Shark Tank, they'll be like, plan B means you're not invested. No, plan B means that you have a brain. Right. So you have to have a plan B because it takes time. I had to work in the workplace for three years before I signed my first contract, and I didn't get paid right away. (laughs) <laughs> not thinking before I not signed a contract because you get paid when you signed a contract but before right. I you know got taken on by a publisher and that's not even that long a lot of people it takes a lot longer I mean Jeff Wheeler who sells circles around me he I don't think his first novel got published till he was in his like late 30s or early 40s and he is phenomenal and he I feel like half of all authors in Utah used to work at what was it called? Nova or Novell, that computer oh place? Yeah. I swear all of them say that they used to work there and then yeah. they all quit to become authors. But you do. You have to have a day job until it becomes a reality for you. A day job or like a sugar spouse or sugar daddy. I guess yes. you. Gross. Your daddy being the sugar. Your actual father. Oh, jeez. Your mother taking care You've of you. You've gone too far. Bring, bring it back. Stop talking. Stop talking, Charlie. Yeah, I think that's pretty much what we have to say. Yeah, the thing with making money as an author is it's pretty cut and dry. You know, there's always like, you can always go to events and sit at a table and sell your books, you know, and do all kinds of different marketing things. But mm-hmm. the way you make money, you know, it's it's math. You don't change math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's kind of, it is definitely a weird industry, though, for sure, with like the way we get paid and how often we get paid and... But yeah, you don't, I, that's, I guess that's the last word of advice I would leave people with is don't get into this for the money because there's not yeah. any. <laughs> for most of us. For like, it's some dismal number, like 90% of us. There's just really not yeah. money in it. We just do it because we like writing books. Yeah. And that's why you got to do it because you love yep. writing books. Don't tell my publisher, but if they didn't pay me, I'd still do it. <laughs> Well, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, hopefully this was helpful. I'm trying to think of a good pun. Oh, my gosh. Uh, while Charlie's thinking of a pun, I will say rate, review, subscribe, please, if you enjoyed this content. And, yeah, thanks for listening. Just remember that writing book takes good sense. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, you guys. Bye, you guys.